0: I don't know how much I'm going to get into the message because I want to share this with you. I just came across this article. Um, sorry, Michigan and Michigan State fans, for mentioning the name Notre Dame, okay? But this is an article written by a professor of constitutional studies at Notre Dame University. His name's Patrick Denon. Listen to this. Listen to this. This is a professor of constitutional studies at the University of Notre Dame. He starts off this article by saying this. My students are know-nothings. And he doesn't say that in a hostile way. He says, my students are know-nothings. You know, when I'm up here preaching, sometimes I, 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 I want so bad for you to understand this and where it's coming from. It's, it's very important that, that you get it. Listen to what he is saying. They are exceedingly nice, pleasant, trustworthy, mostly honest, well-intentioned, and utterly decent. But their brains are largely empty, devoid of any substantial knowledge that might be the fruits of an education in an inheritance and a gift of a previous generation." They're void of a respect for their past. They know nothing about their history. What they have learned at the university today is that our founding fathers were white, Protestant, racist, materialist, capitalist. That is what they're taught. That was beginning to be taught at LSU when I went there back in the 70s. I heard that. It is the the purpose of American universities today to de-Americanize students and have them call into question the history of America. Those of you like me that grew up at a different time, what I'm telling you may almost seem unbelievable, but trust me, I do my homework. I have an awareness of what's going on around us in our culture. I study this daily. This, This kind of... Hatred for America is rampant in American universities. It's rampant in journalism. Can you say fake news? And it's rampant in the entertainment industry. Those are the three greatest influencers of America towards anti-Christian values. And one of the reasons is, think about those three. University professors... Journalists, news people, fake news, and uh, entertainers. They don't live in the real world. They're pretend actors are acting. Teachers in many cases, and I, look, I love the teaching profession, don't get me wrong, there's many good teachers out there, but this day and age, most of them are rank-and-file liberals that hate America. Again, they've never run a bit. They, they've just taught, and a lot of what they deal with is theory. And journalists... Again, what are they producing? What are they making? What, what, what are they, they? They don't understand profit and loss. They don't understand risk. They don't understand, you know, farmers praying to God for rain. They, they, these people, live in a fantasy world. Talking about these students, they are the culmination of Western civilization, a civilization that has forgotten nearly everything about itself. And as a result, has achieved near-perfect indifference to its own culture. I guarantee you, the majority of students at American universities today that are juniors and seniors have a very, very critical view of this nation. Have a very critical view of this nation. This article goes on to say, They are the cream of their generation the masters of the universe, a generation in, in waiting to run America and the world, but ask them, he says, some basic questions about the civilization they will be inheriting and be prepared for averted eyes and somewhat panicked looked. At best, they possess accidental knowledge, but otherwise are masters of systematic ignorance, I was just hearing lately, and my wife heard it, and we both looked at each other. I mean, you can graduate and get a degree in English in universities today and never one time study Shakespeare. It's just crazy what we're doing today. It is not their fault for pervasive ignorance of Western and American history, civilization, politics, art, and literature. They have learned exactly what we have asked of them, to be like mayflies, alive by happenstance, In a fleeting present. Our students' ignorance is not a failing of the educational system. Listen to this. Our students' ignorance is not a failing of the educational system. It is its crowning achievement. They're very proud of what they're producing. And look, I have talked to young people that grew up in this church, who've gone to universities in this state, And when I have preached messages like this, they have come to me and they said, Pastor, you don't have really, even with your knowledge, an idea of how bad it is out there. Sitting in uh, university campuses and colleges and hearing the vitriol espoused towards this nation, Efforts by several generations of philosophers and reformers and public policy experts whom our students and most of us know nothing about have combined to produce a generation of know-nothings. It is the consequence of a uh, a civilizational commitment to (laughs) civilizational suicide. That is what he calls it. Let me read on a little bit more. Broadly missing a sufficient appreciation of this ignorance is the intended consequences of our educational system. Our students are the achievement of a systematic commitment to producing individuals without a past for whom the future is a foreign country, cultureless ciphers who can live anywhere and perform any kind of work without inquiring about its purposes or ends, perfected tools for an economic system that prizes flexibility. They go on to say, and we'll conclude with this, Above all, the one overarching lesson that students receive is the true end of education. The only essential knowledge is that that know ourselves to be radically autonomous selves within a comprehensive global system with a common commitment to mutual indifference. What's the buzzword of the past 20 years? Whatever. They're not guided by principles. They're guided by personalities. They're not guided by God. They're, 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 they're guided by just the worldly culture they live in. Our commitment to mutual indifference is what binds us together as a global people, they say. Any remnant of a common culture, the American culture would interfere with this prime directive. A common culture would imply that we share something thicker, an inheritance that we did not create, and a set of commitments that imply limits and particular devotions. He said, we don't know our past, so we're not committed to our past. And that has been the result of the public education system, in many cases junior high, high school, and certainly colleges and universities. Now let's turn to that penny, upon which you found the word liberty. This is more of a civics lesson than it is a Bible lesson, although I'm trying to combine the two. When you read the word liberty on that penny, on Sandy's penny that you have, that you have to give back, that means the state of being free within society from oppressive restrictions imposed by authority on one's way of life, behavior, or political views. And we cited 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But the word liberty to a conservative and the word liberty to a liberal or a leftist is quite different. And you need to know the distinctions. Number one, liberty gives the man the right to do what he ought to do. Not what he wants to do. Do you understand that? The liberals will tell you, yeah, I believe in liberty. I can do as I please, when I please. That is not what they're talking about. Liberals think liberty means they can do as they please. Christians know that liberty means that I can do as I ought. Liberals, for example, in their definition of liberty, say that if I want to, I can just walk naked down the street. Do you know they're having naked bike rides here in the United States? And liberals are all for that. We live under liberty. Again, you have, you've got to be more discerning. You, you've got to think about these things. You've got to read about these things. You've got to study these things. Some, some think that, you know, I, 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 as liberals, liberty means if I want to lie on a test, I can lie on a test. It works for me. You know, No one can judge me for that. If I want to curse out my teacher, I can curse out my teacher. If I want everybody else to provide for me free food, free housing, free medical care, then that's my definition of liberty. But understand this. This leads to license or licentiousness. Liberty unbounded, liberty unfettered leads to licentiousness. That leads to moral and ethical decay, which leads ultimately to anarchy, which then leads to totalitarian rule. Why do you think so many countries have dictators? Why do you think so many countries have totalitarian rule? Because without them, they would be living in anarchy. Because they do not know a liberty of doing what you ought to do. Because they are godless, they only know a liberty that allows them to do what they want to do. And when everyone is doing what they want to do, it creates moral and ethical decay. And understand, liberals and leftists in this nation are promoting wholeheartedly the idea of license or licentiousness. Think about it for a second. Liberals... Is this not true? Hate authority. True liberals hate the police, do they not? As they refer to them, the pigs, they hate parents. It doesn't take you to raise a child. It takes a village to raise a child because they hate parental authority. They hate teachers. They certainly hate pastors. They hate authority. Liberals want to do what they want to do. And they don't want any restraints. And we can see before our very eyes how this is leading to a crudeness and a crassness in our, in our culture. You ever notice some of the bumper stickers on cars these days? Or some of the, I guess, glue-on things, paste-on things, on on back windshields and, and cars. You ever notice how And they, I have a right to do that. Well, no. no. You, have, you have a right to live like you ought to, and that isn't how you ought to. Well, who says that? The Bible. I don't believe the Bible. Why? I don't believe in authority. I'm a liberal. I believe in doing what I... put. But it doesn't work. It is... As people embrace that idea, it is going to implode. To the degree you vote liberals in, you are destroying your country. It's going to implode. Maybe fun at first. License, just doing whatever feels good, promotes addictions, does it not? It, it promotes it. No. I mean... God-fearing people will do everything they can to outlaw marijuana, not pass the legalization of it. Because we know where it's going. That's not the kind of liberty that we're talking about. License promotes addiction. License promotes sexually transmitted diseases. Maybe fun at first for some people. You vote in those liberal politicians and... As opposed to good conservative ones, because you think somebody's gonna put money in your pocket, and we're gonna get to that, maybe not this afternoon, but we'll get to that. License promotes fraud and deceit. I can lie on my test, I can cheat on a drug test, then get behind the wheel of a tour bus and have a reaction and kill everybody on board. License, as we've already said, promotes crudeness and coarseness. License promotes the breakdown of the family. License produces places like Sodom and Gomorrah. And it takes a people with a discerning mind and a a redeemed heart to be able to see that and understand that. Otherwise, we're just lemmings running to the edge of the cliff and falling over. Remember this distinction. Liberty gives people the right to do what they ought to do. And when you're a Christian nation, everybody knows what you ought to do, right? The problem is now, we're not a Christian. We are described now as a post-Christian nation. And that's the reason nobody can even decide what you ought to do. We teach, as Christians, Thomas Jefferson knew this, Adams knew this, Washington knew this, that you, you, sex is confined to marriage, and, and when you, you you know what you ought to do, you you ought to live a pure life until you are married. And the implication there is, then you can lead an impure life. That's not what that was meant to be, but I thought that was funny anyway. Ask my wife. I entertain myself all the time. Understand, liberty gives people the right to do what they ought to do, and when you. And we have the complications we have now because God's been erased from that equation and people don't even know what they ought to do. There's disagreement on that. Remember back in the Reagan era, they had, I think it was during Reagan, they held a conference on the family and they disbanded it because nobody could agree on the definition for family. It's a serious matter. The underpinnings of our nation are founded on the truths that are talked about In the Declaration of Independence, people who do not do what they ought to do will be, they'll not be trustworthy, they'll not be dependable. People who do what they ought to do, based on the foundation of God's truth, will be trustworthy people, they will be honest people, they will be hardworking people, they will be responsible. So liberty, liberty has its confines. Liberty does not mean that you can do whatever you please and nobody can judge you. No, liberty, as the Founding Fathers intended it, is based on the guidelines of God's Word that you have the liberty to do as you ought to do. And people who believe that liberty is okay in the form of license, That is going to ruin a society in time. People who do what they ought to do will build a great nation, as was the case of this nation. But secondly, and I guess we'll only get to liberty this afternoon. We'll get to the other two next week. Second thing you need to know about liberty, and again, this is as much a civics lesson, because these kids aren't getting this, folks. They're they're not, they're not getting it. And where the state is concerned, you know, you, do you remember 1963? God was voted. Liberty also guarantees equality. We would all agree with that. There's a big difference between how a conservative sees that and how a liberal sees that. Liberty, from a conservative point of view, guarantees equal opportunity. From a liberal's point of view, they believe it guarantees equal outcome. Do you understand the significance between, the difference between the two? And how one is going to build a society and one is going to destroy a society? And it will happen. In fact, it's happening before our eyes. The American Revolution and the French Revolution were both fought at about the same time. I think the French in the 1700s, shortly after the American Revolution. The American Revolution was fought to achieve equal equality, as it stated in our Declaration of Independence, but equality of opportunity. You, everybody is equal, and then, you know everybody can go to whatever school, whatever church, can pursue whatever lifestyle—not lifestyle, but whatever. Uh, um, uh, profession they want to choose, whereas the French Revolution was fought for equal outcome. And that's one of the primary differences between the European mindset based on the French Revolution and the American mindset based on the American Revolution. Equal opportunity. Think about it. That promotes incentive and drive it promotes innovation. It promotes responsibility. It promotes entrepreneurship. It promotes ambition. That's what equal opportunity promotes. Equal outcome diminishes all of those things. Equal outcome diminishes incentive and promotes dependence. Inefficiency, thus stagnating the economy. Wasn't that experiment tried, I should have looked this up, at Jamestown? Where they said, we're just going to be socialistic at Jamestown in the American colonies there in Virginia. And everybody's going to work in the garden and uh, everybody will work the same garden and everybody will get the same produce. And they almost starve to death. And then when they decided every man for himself, guess what? Every man got to work. Right? I mean, and that might be nice, you know, in a, in a, in a fantasy world that we're all going to get together and we're all going to work and we're going to all eat of the same you know, labor and what have you. But that's fantasy world. Understand. Think about think about. Here's something to go home and ponder. Liberty And equal opportunity and liberty based on equal outcome cannot coexist. In fact, liberty and equal outcome cannot coexist. If you're going to guarantee equal outcome, then you're going to diminish people's rights. If you're going to guarantee equal... I, I heard this past week from a speaker that I listened to in preparation for this say that in Germany... You know they they're, they do you know, it's a so uh, they believe in socialism and all stores have to close at the same time. Say so, well I'm going to keep mine open until nine. No you're closing at six. Why it's got to be equal? You just lost some liberty. Well, you know, in America no I'll stay up I'll keep my store open all nine if I want to. Now, now, the thing about it is, well, then they're all equal. You know, that's not a bad thing, Pastor. If they all have to, sc- you know, it's just fair. Everybody closes their store at, 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 at 6 o'clock or whatever. G- guess what? That de-incentivizes everybody. And yes, everybody ends up equal. Everybody ends up equally. Check the living conditions between Europe and America. Check the living conditions between Canada and America. I went into Pastor Wall's little apartment with no yard. Given the different desires and capacities of individuals, economic equality could only be preserved by economic tyranny. The state would need tremendous power and power over all the people. But folks... Leftists and liberals, who are striving for equality of outcome, they need to understand that equality of outcome cannot be sustained. It's been tried before. Hey, look, you like the living conditions of Cuba? That's where equality of outcome plays out. Go to Venezuela, where they can't buy rice. Go, go to people in my age bracket. Remember communist Russia? and how the stores were bare and they come over to the United States and you'd see Walmart, you see Costco, you see Myers and I mean just take what you want this has been tested why why would we want to go there equality of listen when you when you guarantee equality of outcome it may sound good but then there's no incentive for hard work there's no incentive for research and development. Why? Because I'm, I'm not going to make any more. I can put in 80 hours a week in a free market system, and you can reap some reward. But in a socialistic or communistic state where, yeah, we're guaranteed, you know, equality of outcome, what's the point of doing research? What's the point of doing development? You're You're, you're not going to be able to... Uh, benefit from that. There's no incentive. There's no incentive for entrepreneurship. There's no incentive for quality or craftsmanship. They used to laugh at the cars that were made in Russia. Laugh about them. There's no incentive for education and personal development. Equality of outcome will simply guarantee that everyone will be poor. Liberty, though, and equality of opportunity guarantees freedom. Understand, say, but we would have poor people. You've had poor people through all of history. And does not the Bible say you will always have them with you? It's just under a socialistic system, you're going to have more of them. Liberty allows those who are motivated and responsible to excel and experience the fruits of their labor... Liberty and economic opportunity motivates people, challenges people. And the question we should ask isn't why is there poverty in America? The question that needs to be asked is why is there wealth in America? That's the question that needs to be asked. Why is there wealth in, why isn't there wealth in Cuba? Why isn't there wealth in Venezuela? Why isn't there wealth in the former communist nations? The answer is very simple. Liberty. The freedom, the equality that comes with doing the things you ought to do. And liberty will lead to capitalism. It will lead to the free market. I heard a speaker say this past week, try liberty, capitalism, and free market in any country in the world, and they will prosper. It's been proven. But beware the leftists and the liberals, we're almost done here, they're going to continue to push for equality of outcome. I like this quote. There is no equality of outcome. It is a myth, a grand aspiration of a fantasy world. And those, many of those college professors, those uh, journalists, entertainers, particularly entertainers live in a fantasy world. The harder one tries to achieve it, the greater the disparity. Take, for example, the top handful of major American cities that have been under Democratic control for decades. The longer Democrats hold power, the greater the wealth disparities become. You you, you talk about a city on the decline, San Francisco. Do do you read? I hope you do. I do, a lot. I keep up with the news, a lot. (laughs) They are amazed in downtown San Francisco, where the average home costs over a million dollars. The streets are lined with vagrants and homeless, and needles and human waste. Check it out. In California, the great liberal capital of America, they just did a poll. Check it. And follow, you know, I'm not going to say anything that I, I, I know you're going to check me on. So check it out. Now, a majority, you know, California, everybody, oh, the dream, go to California. And it's a beautiful state, the, the landscape of the state, and sunny and warm and beautiful. But in spite of that, the most recent poll showed that most, a majority of Californians want to move out. They want to get out of there. The great liberal experiment, folks, is a failure. One cannot say it is for lack of equalizing policies like rent control or zoning restrictions because they have all been implemented and failed. What they're saying is there is no, there is no realistic way that you can achieve wealth on an equal uh, outcome basis for all. So, we're only going to get through this one point of our American trinity. Remember this, young people, because you're not going to hear it in school. You go to a Christian school, you read Christian books, you're going to hear this. But not in public school, in all likelihood. Liberty gives you the right to do what you ought to do. And when you've got a group of people that are Christians, that's easy. We believe in self-restraint. We believe in, And we're going to get to this, too. You know what's been proven that where you have any group of people, a city, a nation, whatever group it is, wh- wherever you have a group of people that believe that they're going to answer to God, they have a better society. It's, a fa- it's been studied. It ought to scare you to death to know that our nation is departing from God. But it ought to motivate you as well. Number one, liberty gives you the right to do what you ought to do. And number two, liberty guarantees you equality of opportunity not equality of outcome if you strive for e- equality of of outcome you're going to everybody is going to end up very poor check out russia and the particularly the soviet union and the fact so many people lived in in little apartments food was scarce the cars were junk liberty of the American Trinity. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Myo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.